everybody welcome back to another session this is the doctor speaking dissecting the intersection between work and learning welcome here in season three we're going to be focusing on the uh concept the idea of the great escape or the gray escape uh these were people kind of in their 50s depending which continent you're looking at the uk or the us uh who were taking kind of early retirement post covid they they re-evaluated what's important they re-evaluated where they want to go um and and we saw a massive uh, loss, uh, particularly within this age range uh, in various careers. Uh, a new concept I've just come across the last couple of months is now called the boomerang generation. And it's that same generation who are now trying to come back into work because uh, they've realized their pensions weren't lost. So um, I thought this is an insightful discussion. I've got a couple of friends lined up who are going to be chatting with me. Uh, and we're looking for people, you know, without having to ask people their age, we're looking at kind of birth years from 1980 earlier. So that kind of puts the, the, the guests that I'm going to be having kind of in the Gen X boomer generation. So uh, to start off with, uh, first episode, I have a colleague that I work with, Nigel. Nigel, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, I suppose if we if we lance the age one, first of all, mid 50s. So I'm completely open about that in terms of where I am. Currently got two daughters at university. So in terms of financial imperatives, it's getting through that university bit. In terms of what I'm doing at the moment, and we'll talk about how I've ended up where I've ended up shortly, but currently teaching full time, probably at three or four different institutions. So, yeah, all of that freelance. Uh, yeah. And while easy to look at it in terms of five days a week, really, a lot of what I do is also at weekends. So very much a flexible gig type economy is, is where I work at the moment. If you look back over my career, very much conventional corporate, but with the odd sudden lurch. So did four years with Prudential and then decided to go traveling for a year. So not not what you normally do at that point, but seemed absolutely perfect for me. And then I did about 12 years, maybe even actually more, 14, 15 years at Sainsbury's. Young family uh, could have stayed stuck around for the pension, but instead left, decided to go down the independent path. So I, I have gone very conventional, but then with the odd lurch, which tends to frighten the life out of everybody around me. And so you are teaching uh, across three or four institutions and you're running a business on the side as well? So for the last 12 years, that's exactly what I've done. So when I left Sainsbury's, I worked for myself and it was all consultancy. But what you find with consultancy and so types of companies I work with, Heathrow, Jimmy Choo, Nando's, Body Shop, Shepherd Neem, any number of companies, but it's boom or bust. So you've either got a lot of money coming in and you're working 80, 90 hours a week or you're waiting for the next gig. And that can be quite stressful. So that's where I gradually began to build up on the teaching, because a lot of the teaching, it is very complementary in terms of the skills and the knowledge. But it's booked a long time in advance. So I could say now I probably know 70 to 80 percent of my income already for next year and which dates, which weekends, which days of the week I'm working. It just gives that security. So probably I've probably done my last consultancy project. So I did one last year for a vodka company in America. Uh, but basically, I, I'm pretty much stopping that now, largely because it's seriously hard work. 
And when you're loaded up with so much teaching, then putting on the consultancy on top of that, that's a lot of graft. And that is a lot, a lot of hard work. So I'm, I'm gradually, in effect, the essence of what we're talking about today, very much rebalancing. With that as a little bit of a background, we're kind of already beginning to go into the bit that's really, really interesting. So where you're at at the moment, how did you get there? And what we're after is kind of what you've already kind of insinuated towards. What are some of the insights that you have gained now in terms of some of the career decisions you're making and where you're positioning yourself? And of course, we've heard one here about kind of the boom and bust income, but also managing time. So unpack more for us, you know, what are some of the key insights you've gained um, as we sit here and chat today? Well, it's one of those classic situations. When you look back, it's very easily or very easy retrospectively to join the dots and think it was always inevitable. I was going to end up where I've ended up. And that's absolute nonsense. (laughs) It's pure, a pure random journey, which looks sensible when you go back. Uh, When I left university, I got a place on the Prudential Graduate Scheme. And so that's where I qualified as an accountant. So that actually is the foundation stone, because all the way through, what is it I focus on? All my roles are focused on data, analysis, rational thinking. To be honest, I had that already. It's just that the accountancy consolidated it and then gave me a formal qualification that that led into it. As I mentioned, I I then spent some time traveling. Then I did long-term contracts, but again, all data-based. But the main part of my career was with Sainsbury's. So I worked there for about 15 years and very multifunctional. So while I had lots and lots of different roles, it was very much about data and rational thinking and managing situations. So in that time, Obviously, I started in a core finance role. Then I ended up in marketing, doing all the sales forecasting and sales reporting for the board and evaluating the trials. Then I ended up working out where we should build stores. So leading the team, probably about 30, 35 people in the team there, where we should open stores, where we should close stores. Uh, Then on to retail finance, classic finance role. And then somewhat bizarrely, again, it's all back to logic and data business owner of all the finance systems and the business side systems. But I very much was the initiator of all of those moves. So it's not a case of me sitting there thinking, I'd love to do another 35 years of double entry bookkeeping. It was a case of, I've done this for a couple of years. I know this role. I know everything I want to know about it. I need a new challenge. I need to do something else. So in my time there, I probably didn't have any interviews for jobs, but I created four or five moves when I was there. So people talk about networking, looking at it from an external perspective, actually networking is critical from an inside perspective. And I was very much at a place after 13, 14 years where, and I know friends who literally just retired from there, who could have stayed, or they stayed, I didn't stay, I would have had a brilliant pension, an absolutely brilliant pension, but I would have had 12 years of just treading water. And that is absolutely not me, which is why I'm very much a proactive person, make things happen, how I ended up leaving. It wasn't as big a jump as it sounds because back to networking again, I'd kept in contact with people I'd worked with over the years. So before I even left, I already had consultancy work lined up. So I literally was actually double jobbing for a period of time then straight into a consultancy work 
before I even got into the networking to create my own opportunities. And then that led on very naturally to, as I talked about earlier, there is very much a boom and bust in terms of consultancy. You either got a lot of work coming in or you're scratching around trying to find the next project. And when you've got a young family, you really don't want that insecurity. You don't really want to be sitting there thinking, well, I should be able to get something within the next six months. <laughs> the bank manager doesn't like that one. And that's how I ended up with teaching. And that's what I've basically expanded and continued from. And certainly in terms of what I teach, it all links back to all the things I've done throughout my career. So I emphasize the multifunctional nature of the things I've done at Sainsbury's. Well, when I'm teaching, it could be strategy. I'll do a lot of accountancy teaching. So literally earlier today, I was teaching on a SEMA qualification. Next two days, I'm on uh, ACCA. I then got ACA students in a couple of weeks time, so not bizarrely in the Cotswolds, but that's a different story. But the topics and the subjects mirror the variety of things that I've done, but also they mirror uh, a lot of the consultancy work. So I can quite often be able to say, well, I know this company had this problem because this is what we help do with them. I'd say if I was going to pull out two or three key insights, it's the importance of networking. It's the importance of being proactive and driving and keeping on going. And it's seriously hard work. So to do all of those things, you've got to be overperforming to get those opportunities. And that is absolutely fundamental to it. I can't help but hear in a lot of this, Nigel, the uh, aligning of your choices with who you are as a person. You couldn't just sit around and. Uh, and I think it's quite an important thing sometimes. Uh, and I meet a lot of people who are not always sure of what they want in life because they're not quite sure who they are in life. And, and so they're alignment is, is is quite difficult. Um, at least that was one of the things that I, I, I was hearing. So Nigel, um, because we're in this stage of our lives, there's quite a lot of other things that now begin to influence in the decisions we're making now and for the future, such as uh, you know, age, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for you, but I know that my energy levels uh, uh, have significantly decreased since I've turned 50. Um, pension, uh, you know, thinking about that, when you're going to retire, will you have enough to retire, uh, mortgage, uh, your own health, uh, as you're saying, kids, seeing them through university, those kinds of things. What for you are the key things at this stage that you are beginning to consider and how do they influence future decisions around career? Well, you sort of already know the answer on the basis of, I've said at the beginning, I'm very rational and logical. So from a very, very young age, uh, any bonuses that came in paid down the mortgage, always paid in extra in terms of pensions and savings. So as I'm sitting here, I have no mortgage. Uh, from things I've done pension wise, I'm absolutely fine in terms of pension. And again, that's easy to lose track of. And I don't think I'm stupid. I think I know this stuff quite well. I had to work quite hard with a financial advisor to actually unpick everything that had been done over the years. So I'm relatively comfortable pension wise and we are as a family. So in theory, I could stop now. But in reality, with both daughters at university, I just want to take that potential risk area out of it. But the simple truth is I don't feel a need to stop. So I will definitely rebalance. But I think there's a lot to be said for keeping the brain working, keeping the brain operating. And I think that's all back to what you said. It's part of parcel of who I am. I think you've got to be driven. You've got to keep on pushing. I've seen so many people who stop pushing 
and they just wither away. But I would also say a lot of the things that I've talked about in terms of being proactive, that carries over into what I do in my day to day life. So I am starting to rebalance. But when I rebalance, I'm also picking up and doing a lots of other different things. So as an example, I've had problems with my knee for quite a while, basically just worn out. I personally am a great fan of taking personal responsibility for your health. So I will have an annual checkup myself. Knee was getting worse, so I lose two stone of weight because I know that will prolong the life of that knee. What I'm now doing, I play a lot of badminton. The knee is killed by the badminton. So I'm literally learning to play badminton right-handed as a way to take the pressure off of the knee. And that is an unbelievable learning experience because your brain works in a very, very different way. So what I've found is things that I've done and learnt from a pure technical perspective, so I'm being coached to do it, right-handed, I find now when I go back to playing left-handed, the things I've done right-handed carry over into what I'm doing left-handed when we haven't practiced it on the left hand at all. It is unbelievable how the brain works. You can almost feel it relearning in terms of what it's doing. I'm actually taking golf seriously for the first time in my life, so I'm getting coaching on that, so I'm focused on that. I do a lot of walking, long-distance walking. I could just join up with groups, but you know what I'm going to say next. I can't be bothered with that. So I tend to be the type of person I will come up with walks, I will lead the walks, and I'll come up with new places and different things to do in terms of the walks. And what's going to happen, quite simply, I will slowly rebalance the work to doing more and more of the things I want to do that are focused on me. It's happening already, but basically I'm overloaded. So as a perfect example, talking to my wife last night, when can we get together to do something? 17th of December, <laughs> because I'm completely wiped out. Uh, <laughs> I could imagine... I've toyed with PhDs for quite a while. And actually, if I hadn't done the badminton and golf, that may well have happened this year. So that's a potential. But it goes back to what you're saying. In effect, the energy that I put into work is now going into, well, I would call it a better work-life balance. It's just still the diary is completely overloaded, but it's more mm. focused on me. And to be quite honest, I think that's what you need to do. To, I was going to say grow old gracefully. I certainly don't think I'm going to do that. I just think you've just got to do everything you want to do while you're physically able to do it. And at some point, the body will give out, and that's fine. I'd have had a good innings at that point. It, it sounds like you enjoy challenge, um, but at the same time, you have to find a sense of enjoyment in, in what you're doing. You don't just do something for the sake of it. Uh, the, the... If I And that's the way my work is going to pa pan out. If I'm not enjoying it, I'll stop doing it doesn't mean I'm not going to look for other works. So if I find the right thing, which I absolutely love, then I'll pick that up and do it. So it's a perfect example and a bizarre example. I don't know why I was looking at a website to do with the Nat Trust a few weeks ago. And they were basically looking for walk leaders. So I thought, oh, this is volunteer work. So I just see where that ends up. Somehow I'm now a deer ranger down at Knoll Park. And I've got no idea how I've ended up doing it. <laughs> but thoroughly enjoyed it. So I don't have to do it every week or every month. It's just when I've got a gap in the diary just something completely different so if i see things and i like the look of it i'll just do it great and w wow what a what a what a really nice example right so um wow this is great um i hope those who are from a younger generation are finding this uh inspiring uh just listening to somebody at the other end uh of the career spectrum so what advice would you give to early careers uh, based on what you've learned and what you're still going to be learning 
Yeah. So, uh, well, you, you you pretty much know the themes I'm going to pick up. First one for me, and somewhat bizarrely, in the past, I've done careers work for a lot of London universities. So again, I, how I ended up doing that, I well, I know how I did it. It's all just a bit bizarre. So many students coming in and saying, expecting to work 35, 36 hours a week. And I try not to laugh, but <laughs> you've got to laugh. You've got a choice. If you want to progress in your career, the more hours you do, and it's got to be quality hours. I'm not talking about just sitting there doing nothing, but the more you put in, the more you get out. I don't think at any point in my working life I've ever done under 50 hours a week. I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I did 36 hours work. Uh, it just doesn't even resonate. So the more you put in, the more graft you put in, the better you will, the more you will achieve. Simple as that. You are responsible for yourself. So into things like I used the example of health earlier, but in terms of things like training and developing, that's down to you. So companies will do things for you, but unless you ask, you won't get. So I did an MBA funded by Sainsbury's. How did I get that? Uh, let's just say I had a good negotiating position and they felt they wanted to keep me and this was the way to keep me. But if I hadn't asked and provoked it, I wouldn't have got it. But it's also looking at what's right for you. So if you're doing a job and you're not passionate about your job, you're probably in the wrong job. So it doesn't mean you've got to leave immediately, but have a plan for, well, what am I passionate about? Do I need to do something that will unlock it? And that could be going to networking events. It could be doing a qualification. It could just be finding the opportunity, the right opportunity, maybe starting at the bottom somewhere else and starting again. Your working life, slightly terrifyingly, is probably 40, 50 years. It doesn't matter if you have to start at the bottom again and it takes you two to three years to get back to where you want to get to because you've probably got another 30 years to go. But it is better to do something you're passionate, you're passionate about and you want to come into work for. Link to that, self-branding. So thinking about how you want to be perceived and how you want other people to perceive you, uh, that links to networking, but it's also how you promote yourself. So being, pro again, proactive, absolutely critical to me. Uh, talking to people, finding the opportunity to talk to people, engaging with people, not sitting, waiting to be asked to do something, being proactive. So many, many times in Sainsbury's, we need somebody to do a presentation. And everybody looks at each other and I'll be the type of person I'll just put my hand up. And that's how I end up somehow presenting at uh, store manager conferences and all sorts of bizarre things. I think there's also a lot to be said for. There's lots of self-help books out there. I wouldn't focus on those. I'd just go to some of the classic strategy books. Because if you think about it, your career is a strategy. So a lot of the strategy models and frameworks work brilliantly in terms of personal development. So I don't know if you're looking at developing a strategy, looking at your internal capability, the things you can do. You can look externally. What does the market need? What are going to be the jobs? What are going to be the opportunities going forward? How do I shape myself to be ready for that and to move into those areas? And again, that's all about personal responsibility and being proactive and doing it yourself. And I suppose that if I was going to sum everything, be proactive and keep pushing, because if you don't do that, no one's going to do it for you. Or if they do do it for you, they're not going to be with you for that long. And it's sort of back to something you said earlier. You are who you are outside of the organization, outside of your career is who you are inside the career. You can't suddenly think, for the next three months in this job, I'm now going to be this different person. You are who you are. So you've just got to carry that all the way through. 
Thank you very much, Nigel, for sharing a little bit uh, insights, a little bit uh, about your life and about your career where you're at at the moment. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's great to hear a little bit more of this. Uh, we always just walk past each other as we work together. We don't often have the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit more. So thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, I, I hope and trust the listeners find this inspiring. Um, if you are uh, in that later age and you'd love to share your experience, get in touch. Um, and also if you're uh, an early career and you love some of this stuff, get in touch again. Uh, do leave your comments on the description of this post. Nigel? Thank you very much and um, see you soon. See you. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the doctor and he just dissected the intersection between work and learning.